This is the Kestrel Country Podcast, where we discuss the people, places, and events all around Kestrel Country. So we're trying something a little different. We're doing a roundtable discussion, and we wanted to discuss the phrase that this home sells itself in this market. So we have a couple people from our Magenta office, and then Sandy and I from our Kestrel office. And across that, we have Tiffany with 18 of years of experience in real estate in Moscow. Alexis Ryan has had seven years of experience here. I'm, I've been working with Mike for three years and just got licensed. And then Sandy Spencer just got licensed and just came on board. So we thought that would give everybody kind of a very different look at what the market's doing and the perspective of the buyer um, coming brand new into it. So the question is, is that statement true? In this market, are homes just selling themselves? That's a good question. Um, and I think that there's going to be a lot of good diversity of answers here. Um, so my answer for that question after being in real estate for a super long amount of time is it can, but do you want it to? Because generally if it sells itself, like in a for sale by owner type situation, most sellers unfortunately underprice their home. So you can't, the house can sell itself in this market, but, um, you, that's not necessarily a benefit because it's generally either been underpriced or um, it doesn't have the best solid terms. And especially when we're selling our own products, whether it be our car or our house, um, you know, there's a funny saying that says, um, because we're more invested, you know, rather than having that professional who's helping guiding us. So here's another way that you can leave money on the table is we spend 10 minutes selling it and 20 minutes buying it back because we're apologizing for like, oh, I didn't finish, you know, grouting the backsplash or, you know, those kind of things where most of the time it's like, you know, the, the representative will just give a good solid answer and then move on. So um, like for a good example of you can sell your house, but it's not necessarily to the highest and best use in this market. I think even more so in this market when, when we have limited inventory. So um, a month or so ago, I had a house and this seller, I had sold him a couple of houses through the years and, and, um, and then sold a couple of his houses. And he's like, you know, he walks in and he goes, you know, I think I want to for sale by owner this one in this market. And I said, okay, like I'll help, you know, give you some guidance and steer you on your way. And he's like, this is what I'm thinking about listing it for, which was 10% below asking, which is what 10% below what I would have recommended him to sell. And I said, you know, even at the price that I'm recommending, I know we're going to get multiple offers and we're going to get over asking price. So even if you hire me, it's still going to pay for itself because he was willing to sell it for so much less. And so because he had no idea because the values are, you know, increasing rapidly. So we went live and over the course of the weekend, we ended up with nine offers, all of them over asking price by more than 10%. It was probably closer to like 16 or 17%. 
And, um, you know, we got offers that were FHA, well over asking price, and those folks generally have 3% down. So, you know, in this market, you've really got to make sure because the past data sales, the appraisers are struggling because there's not as much data. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, making sure that you have those um, those strong clauses in there, like if it doesn't appraise, then they would pay the difference in cash. So by the end of the day, he made over $50,000 than he would have if he had for sale by owner day or if the house had just sold itself. The house doesn't sell itself. Like, I mean, it does, but at what cost? Oh, that's really interesting. Alexis, what are your, what's your response on that question? Uh, I agree that it can, if you're willing to oftentimes be a much lower price. Um, but a lot of people don't recognize sometimes what agents do on the back end for marketing their homes, um, or they forget that there's a lot that goes into that. Um, like professional photography, we see that in almost every listing now. Um, and so that's a really important one. It just shows much better than, you know, photos you can take on your cell phone or anything like that. Um, the marketing on social media and for us in our office, we kind of get the dual marketing from Kestrel and from Magenta. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, there are a lot of other things that go into it. The Geography, signs in the yard, signs, yeah. um, that kind of draw attention. Some of the for sale by owners, you know, they have their little for sale by owner sign. Um, but there's not a lot of information, um, to, to get more information on the home. Um, and so we're just more, because that's our job, we're more equipped to, to handle that. So a follow-up on that would be, what about paying just the fee to have your home entered on the MLS versus fully hiring an agent to represent? Yeah, I, I mean, we, we saw, you had a client, Alexis, who, who tried that. Um, and they um, had hired kind of a lower, lower fee. Mm-hmm. And she just, she had to take all their own photos, which it was not to the highest and best use of the house. Yeah. And also the other piece that people don't realize when they're putting their own house on the market is how much time goes into scheduling showings and keeping track of that. And that was one of the things that got this client to end up listing with us is because she was like, it's too much. It's too much. Um, There was, you know, back to back showings for two days in a row all day long. And it was so hard to keep track of that. And, you know, in, in real estate offices, we all have our own systems to be prepared for those and to keep track of those so that you're not double booking people or um, things like that. And then also in this market, we're seeing the 30 minute time show time slots so that people can get more showings in there because there are so many people in limited inventory. Um, and she was giving an, a whole hour. And so that was kind of taking away some of those times that could be filled with other other people getting in there to see it um, because usually on a first showing people don't take a full hour mm-hmm. uh, they usually need like 20 30 minutes um, so you can do 30 minute time slots on that first showing if they go back they might want a little bit more time but what about then, oh, oh go ahead and, say, and then she called us and said can I, I know we've paid this lower fee mm-hmm. um, and um, but we have all these showings and then can now we pay you to navigate us through all the offers that we're told that we're getting? And I was like, we can't. You're being represented. Mm-hmm. You're just being represented very, very minimally. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so you're going to have to navigate that with the people that you've hired. And that, I think, was the the kind of seal of the deal where she was like, I don't think this is a good idea what I've done. And um, so we, um, we ended up listing her home and uh, got multiple offers and helped navigate and she got over asking price as well that's great higher than she was expecting and so 
it ended up being really great for her. Well, and then Sandy, since you're new, I am too, really, but since you're new, um, talking about all the paperwork and all the offers and what that looks like, how has that been for you? It's a lot to navigate. I can't imagine. We've listed a home for sale by owner once many years ago, and I think the amount of understanding that a real estate agent has that you don't just have as a regular layman, you know, person selling your home. You just, I mean, maybe some people do, but I never would have. Where do you start? Where do you go? How do you know what's legal and what's not? What's appropriate, what's not? How do you maintain any kind of like neutrality? This is your home. You have an, emo an emotional investment in your home. How do you step outside of that? and hear criticism about your home. Or even if the buyer is coming in with an agent, it's awkward to walk into a room and someone's sitting there listening to everything you're saying about their home. It, to me, limits the ability that that agent, if you've allowed them to come into your home, it limits their ability to sell your home. And so I think that having an agent alleviates the pressure that you put on yourself when you go to sell your own home. Um, you know, and that agent also has neutrality in that they're able to look at your home and see past a lot of things that are there because they're like, this could be a great home, you know, whatever it is. Whereas I myself, if I showed my own home, I can see all the problems with it or all the things I might have done differently. And that, if you lack the ability to edit yourself, that could cost you the sale of your home. And the other thing is, you know, we're starting to see some um, interesting tricks in this market that are kind of trickling down from the Coeur d'Alene or coming up from the Boise market. Like there was, um, <clears throat> it's called a sunset clause. And it's where um, they might be saying, okay, we're going to review all offers come, come Monday. And somebody comes on the first day and, and says, okay, I'll pay you over asking price if you won't consider any other offers. And I've had that happen to me twice now in the last two months. And, um, and both times I talked it through with my client, the pros and cons. And the first one, if we had taken that sunset clause, because it's, it's about you're, you're hiring somebody for their experience, right? And their knowledge to guide you. And so in that experience, one went well over asking price. And the second one, went to $100,000 over asking price. So had they taken the sunset clause, they would have left $70,000 on the table. And the sunset clause offer was amazing in and of itself, you know, and that was just a few weeks ago. So, you know, explaining that and guiding my client, you know, and it's like, I always say, you don't know what you don't know, right? Like we bought a little tiny A-frame a few years ago, secondary waterfront up in Coeur d'Alene. And even me as a realtor, and I'm licensed in the state of Idaho, I knew I didn't know at that time, um, you know, like what the rules were for docks and waterfront and that sort of thing. So I even hired my own realtor up in the Coeur d'Alene area to help guide me because I was like, tell me what I don't know. I don't know what I don't know. So, um, so I think that there are situations where it can't even be a good offer. And it's like, what do I do? My clients were like, what do I do with this offer with the sunset clause? And we took a chance and they ended up making a lot more money and a really good solid offer. That's great. Well, thank you. We're going to wrap it up. These are going to be short and yeah. we'll see how they go and what we bring up next. And if you have questions or ideas of what you'd like to hear about, just let us know. Thanks. Sounds good. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. Like, share, subscribe. We'll see you next week.